When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and today we have a story with Don, the creator of the Most Unruly YouTube channel. Don, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, why don't you uh, tell people about the the channel for anybody that doesn't know? Yeah, the Most Unruly um, is a YouTube channel I created a few years ago, kind of just breaking down um, my favorite hip-hop uh, artists and albums, uh, it's been mostly known for a very long-running uh, Kanye West series that I recently have, I don't want to say finished, but that I've really kind of tapered tapered off. Like, uh, it's reached definitely its, like, peak. And uh, it's been fun. But there's been also a lot of other videos uh, about Kendrick Lamar, um, a couple here about Frank Ocean. There's even one I did on Drake that people forget about. Uh, <laughs> but... But it, yeah, it's so it's kind of a mixture of just talking about essentially who's the biggest at the time and explaining why they're so big and explaining why their stuff resonates with people. And sometimes it's not always about talking about the biggest. Sometimes it's kind of a reflection of where my taste is at, where my favorite things are. So it's kind of like curating. It's not necessarily like I don't jump on to like what's the most popular album at the time because it may not be up to my taste. So. You can just say the most and really is really just a video about like what my taste in music looks like. Right. Like it, why would you have earlier this year just done like a push a T my name is my name five years retrospective if it wasn't your taste, right? Like that wasn't the big booming thing at the time, but that's an yeah. album that you're into. Exactly. And so it's Yeah, it it always just feels like not not genuine at all when it's like, oh, okay, well, this artist who's, you know, number one, he may not even be number one, he might, like, he might be like number five and barely trending, but a lot of people would just be like, oh, well, okay, um, that's what everyone's talking about today, so this is what I'm going to talk about. And a lot of times they're like not that interested in it, and you can tell, and you can tell they'd rather be talking about something else, and I can never, ever do anything that I just don't want to do, like, it just doesn't work with me. So whatever, if I would ever do that, it would just be a bad video. So I'd rather just not do that at all. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, your videos are so involved in terms of the the nuance that you put into it, not just with the, the information you provide, but with the audio aspects, the visual aspects. They're very, they're known for their high production. So to take that much time <laughs> on a topic that you don't care about or like a song you don't care about or an artist that like is fine, but does it excite you would just be, I imagine, like brutal. Yeah, I can't I can't really imagine doing that. It, 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 the thought is too painful because it's already painful to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's already painful to make something that I like to make. So I, I cannot imagine I mean, I already know what it's like. I mean, I, I used to work, you know, 50 to 70 hours a week doing stuff I hated, you know, and so now I'm just like, okay, well, at least at the very end, I know that I will have released something that was based on something that I liked because it, like, it just has to. Like, there has to be some some feeling of satisfaction at the end of all of that sacrifice because I can't <laughs> imagine the feeling of, like, oh, my gosh, I spent four weeks on this and I hate it 
I hate everything. I, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, I, I, that's torture. And, and that's the case for a lot of people. And sometimes it's not even their fault. It's just what they have to what they have to do, given like what their circumstances are. Yeah, or sometimes you make a commitment. You know, you're like, "This is what I'm going to do," and you're like, "Oh no, no, I can't change my mind. I put myself in a situation that I can't change my mind." No. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm glad that that's not necessarily where where the channel is at all, because you can get that from so many other places. And if I was just trying to be that. I, I would be left in the dust. It's like I don't have, you know, I don't have the years head start that Complex has or even something like Hype Beast has or anything like that. So I'm not even trying to be to be that. I'm trying to be my own thing because, like I said, if you ever have to compare me to one of those sites, it's like he's not even close, like, and he'll never be that close doing what he does. So it's not what I'm trying to be. And that's the thing too, right? Like if you had the resources of a Complex, you might – have enough interest because the process would be easier to, I don't know, cover a, a post Malone album or something and be like, well, I have enough like curiosity here and I have a team of people to help me that will do this. But because it's, it's you <laughs> and not like the hype beast team, the complex team, it's like, y- you need to care. Yeah, exactly. You need to care. So it is what it is until it gets bigger. So that, and that'll be interesting to see what that looks like getting bigger. Yeah, hopefully uh, we'll be talking about that, you know, a year from now, two years from now, and be like, well, look how big you are now. <laughs> How's it feel? Yeah, or how different, you know, you know yeah, or you never know what's going to happen. You, you might transition into something, and it's like the same spirit, but it's different, you know. Very much, very, very much. Well, so how do you know offhand how many Kanye videos you've done in total? Not really. I don't keep count. It's a lot of them, though. All right, I have the answer uh, for you. It's thirty-eight. No, I don't know, but it's a lot. <laughs> I, honestly, I think it's more than thirty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> it might be more than thirty-eight, actually, because uh, somebody actually gave me a count of my uh, my whole uh, video my video count. Oh, I feel like I just repeated myself three times. But anyway, <laughs> the number is way higher than I would have thought. So I, I kind of like heard it and I was like, really? I didn't even know I made that many videos. I think it was, see, I'm trying to like look at my account before I say something dumb. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. He thought he had that many videos. Like, <laughs> it's like, like, wow, he stuck up. Well, I'll, I'll come back to you with that answer because I'm actually just as curious as you are. So, Do you, uh, when you first started out, oh. What was your, I guess what I mean to ask is, how do you feel your relationship with Kanye's music has changed between when you first started the channel and digging through as much as you've dug through and dug into his work? Uh, is, are you still at the same level of being uh, a fan that you were? Do you have a deeper appreciation? Can you not play the albums anymore, which would be the most tragic thing I've ever heard? No, I listen. I listen to all his stuff all the time. You know, well, I always go through stages of which albums I'm into the most. But I'm all. I'm always listening to Kanye. Like, there's times where honestly, there's a lot of times where my go-to music when I'm not feeling like listening to hip hop at all is usually like '70s soul and '70s like singer-songwriter stuff, and that's my favorite kind of break from. If I'm going to take a break from Kanye or whatever that's actually the music I like to gravitate towards. So, yeah. So a lot of times if I'm not in my 70s mode, I'm usually listening to Kanye. Although, I've been listening a lot also to Freddie Gibbs. So so sometimes I'm like, man, do I even listen to Kanye anymore? And then it's like, no, no, no. Like the other day, I was like, it was like Jesus, like back to back on like a long commute. And so I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I still love all this stuff. It's so, it's so good. And that, my appreciation definitely has gotten deeper in certain ways. I understand production a whole lot more. Uh, I'm able to hear things a whole lot more than I used to before. Like I can just pick out like the tiniest sounds. Um, and that, I think that's a big reason why I like to continue to listen to his music. Cause I'll be listening to something and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like there's like a tambourine, like in the distance, like right there. <laughs> or sometimes, or sometimes it's like like there's songs I use where it's like a single frequency, 
is like rolling around the speakers, uh, like from left panning around left to right and stuff like that. It's like little tiny things like that. Like I just got the uh, title has this like sixty day free trial for like their most expensive tier, which is master level, like complete lossless quality of audio. And then see, I think I think the latest albums, well, Yay and Kitsy Goes, have master quality. Um, but there's also just in general an upright of everything, and I've just been listening to the Kanye albums, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's just crazy how well mixed it is. I think a lot of people talk, even me, you know, sometimes a lot of people talk about like the beats and and the samples and stuff, but like the mixes on like some of these some of these albums is like incredible. The fact that you can hear, you know, the separation of instruments, or the fact that you can hear, you know, um, Drake, Rihanna. Elton John, like, and all of the lights, so you can actually make out who is who. Like, the fact that you can even hear Drake, it's amazing, you know? <laughs> so, that's big, that's one big thing that, that I think I've really um, kind of maintained an interest in, or even, like, my interest has increased in that sense. So, um, yeah, I don't think anything has died. And, like, I haven't listened to the I realize I haven't listened to The Life of Pablo that much, but I don't think it has anything to do with with my work. I think I just over-listened to that album, and it's so long. Other than that, I listen to everything. You need to give yourself like just a little bit of a break on Life of Pablo and then come back to it and have that uh, reignite yeah, your passion. I've, I've actually gone back to it like maybe twice in the past like couple of weeks and there's like one there'll be like one song here that like really gets me and yeah i'm just not in the mood for it right now which i think it, i think it might be my favorite uh in the sense of just you know front to back like i know that when i'm in the mood for it i'm gonna completely listen to every single track every interlude everything without a problem but right now i'm just not in the mood for it I don't know why that is really. It, it's weird to me with Kanye albums that I don't have a second thought to ever just listening to the album all the way through. Like I've never, like I never think like, Oh, I'm just going to listen to like a couple songs or I'm going to put on like a Kanye shuffle. Like I usually just do throw on the album and just all the way through it. That so. might be what it is. I, th- I think that might be what it is. I think maybe I don't want the investment like the, the the time investment and the somewhat not to be dramatic but like the emotional investment in the sense of like it takes your mind to a certain mood for such a long period of time you know so it's like I don't know Life of Pablo is a lot like sadder than I think a lot of other albums are and so like I kind of like don't always want to be in that mood necessarily yeah right like there's a <laughs> Like, I always feel like it hits me, like, it builds, 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 and then it hits me when we get to I Love Kanye. And I'm always like, oh, yeah, what a sad moment. And then you kind of have the, you have the upswing following that, but still, it's this this journey. And then when you end on St. Pablo, St. Pablo isn't the happiest of endings either. No, it's not, not at all. It's just a pretty sad album. I think it's... uh you know, we, we, we kind of forget that it is because it does have some, like, highs, um, you know, and there's songs that, like, you don't even think about, like, uh, Fade or something like that. You're just, like, not even in tune to, like, an, any message because it doesn't really have one. But then you hit the same problem and it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. This got real, like, this got really real really fast and now it's the end of the album. <laughs> and what am I left feeling? <laughs> oh, and even things like you know, like like the Father Touch My Hands, like one and two, like they're really, really catchy, and they can get like the club going crazy. But lyrically, it's pretty sad. Yeah. And so it's a very, it's a very, especially like part two is very sad, and and you know, it, it, yeah, you just have this feeling, uh, and it's not just the lyrics. That's the funny part, though, too. It's like the music itself gets a lot more serious. And so, um, especially like when you hit part two and he's talking about like his life and, you know, his mom and, and his dad too. And, it, and then you're just hearing like this, like apocalyptic, like sample in the background. 
you know, it's just like the honestly designer saves us emotionally. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's almost, and not putting down what he did. Cause I don't think it's funny, but it does remind me of like, when you add humor to like, you know, uh, a really tense scene in a movie or something, it's just like, okay, okay. Before it got like too serious, you know, before kind of about to start talking about like death and, misery and (laughs) (laughs) well like that's so perfect right it's like you can feel the the wave of these negative emotions oncoming and you really do change your your mindset or distract yourself with the the fancier things like the cars the women like get me these cars like panda 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 Mm -hmm. and that superficiality is the thing that you seek out and retreat to to avoid the the feelings and it comes in in this way that's like very distracting maybe to some people they're like why the fuck do we have panda Uh, like coming in here and designer coming in but it really does just change the whole attitude and that distraction's the point yeah yeah i think it's definitely the most ebb and flow of his albums um Every song kind of just like, oh, we're here. Oh, what? You know, we're talking about this. Oh, okay. Well, it's kind of happy again. It's like, okay, now this is really edgy. <laughs> now, it's, now, it's sounding angsty. now it's sounding angsty. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun, though. I, I like music like that. You know, I think a lot of my favorite albums, you know, have a lot of ebb and flow. I love uh, my favorite, favorite artist from the 70s. Uh, it's Jim Croce because I love his songwriting. I love his writing. But I also have an interesting relationship with his music because he has created what I think are some of the greatest written folk songs ever. But he also has like these really, really like honky tonk, like annoying country songs. To me, are annoying. Like I really, really, really dislike them. <laughs> but when he's at his best, he's my he's my absolute favorite. I've never in my mind, it's like I've never heard a better songwriter. I've never heard a better folk singer. Like his voice was like made by God for folk music because he has like that, like <clears throat> he has like that higher register in his voice. So it's, he's like clearly like a white, a white ish dude. I think he was, he was Italian. I think he was like full Italian, but he had kind of like a whiter uh, sound in his voice, but then his sense of melody and stuff and kind of the way when there was something really emotional, the way he leaned into it really like channeled like black soul music. And it would be, it was like interesting because, you know, it it just sounds like just like it's normal. And I'm kind of going on this tangent because I'm also just thinking of also the way Kanye writes songs and kind of changes emotions and stuff because Jim Croce will be, uh, you know, sounding like the most kind of basic of like folk singers and then switch into this like soulful, like, is this the same person singing tone? And then he'll go right back to the more simple singing that we're familiar with, with folk. And, uh, and then there was so many sad lyrics. A lot of his lyrics are about either lost love or not being there for his loved ones, which is really tragic because he was going to quit music so that he could be with his wife and child, and he died like pretty much right after he wrote a letter saying that that's what he was going to do. Uh, so it's this interesting, like, you go, his songs would just, he'll, there'll be this buildup instrumentally where it sounds positive, and you hear, like, and like the the as the chords are going through, it's like oh my gosh, this is like really really happy, and I can already predict what this chorus is going to sound like, and then that chorus sounds nothing like I thought it was going to sound, because all of a sudden it turns sad, <laughs> and 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 he and he was so good at writing it that it was very smooth, and like not jarring the way it turned sad, but you just, it felt like a roller coaster. You're like oh my gosh, and so that's kind of how I feel about Kanye's songs too. It just it's really unpredictable, but at the same time, sometimes it's very uh, seamless and it just like, it takes you on this little roller coaster. That's awesome. Do you have an album by Croce? Cro- Cro- Croce? Is that how you say it? Croce. Do you yeah. have an album by him you'd recommend or like a few songs? Uh, yeah. Uh, his album, I Got a Name, is his, uh, I believe it's his final album. Uh, some people might recognize uh, the, the actual song, the title song, I Got a Name, because it's featured in uh, Django Unchained. Um, and he also, though, has this song from his album, uh, 
going to turn this to if it's an actual album or a compilation. There's this album called Life and Times. It is his album. And there's a song on it called These Dreams. And that is my favorite Jim Croce song. And it's this haunting, it's this very haunting thing about him telling the story about breaking up with, with someone and having no idea how it was going to happen and how it happened and, and just this pain. And he still hasn't gotten used to her being gone. So there's this part in the song where he says, and sometimes at night I think I hear you calling my name. And, and then he breaks into this really soulful, like really melodic, like humming. And, and then he says, these dreams keep me going each day. And so like, that's all he has is like this dream of like what his life once was with this woman. And yet he still can't get over it. He straight up just like hallucinates about her voice. Like, it's so dark. That shit is so good. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. And you feel it. Like I'm listening to it. I'm married. And for the time that I'm listening to it, I feel like I don't have a wife anymore. Like, I don't know what <laughs> happened. Like, where did it all go wrong? Yeah. Seriously. And then, and then, you know, I put my headphones down. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, hold on. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when music's good, it's the best. Man. It really yeah. is. That's awesome. And okay. that's how my taste just goes, too. It's like, either I'm listening to, like, that straight up trap music or I'm listening to seventies music. <laughs> so are we going to be seeing, uh, in the wake of all the, all the Kanye videos, do you kind of have, uh, some artists that you've been wanting to talk about? Are you going to, are you going to give it some time? Are you, are you still feeling it out? Like where you're looking, what you're looking to talk about next? Are we going to see well, some seventies music? My ne- <laughs> I wish the next one is going to be the making of good kid, mad city. So, uh, so I'm going to Kendrick on the Kendrick. I've waited for Kendrick to not be a wave. Like I couldn't, I couldn't be a part of like the oversaturated analysis of of Kendrick. Right. It was just like just an overload to me, and people started reaching really hard, and you know, then he's winning the winning the Pulitzer Prize, and like all this stuff is happening, and it's like nobody's like letting this subject of him like even take a, a single break and honestly i just started getting really tired of it because i i know i've always known kendrick's been deep if you've been listening to section 80 or even before if you've been listening to the mixtape so now you know the man is deep and everyone is acting so surprised that he's deep over and over and over <laughs> again it's like it's like he is like the best of his generation and arguably the best of our time like period in hip-hop but it's at the same time it's like okay like there is a a point of of over analyzing this like just enjoy the music (laughs) you know what I mean it's like it gets to the point where it's like are we do we even like him for his music anymore or do we like (laughs) him because we have there's a billion billion papers written on him and uh, so now that that now that he's respected but not necessarily just like overanalyzed in a very like DJ fashion i feel like i'm able to talk about the art you know behind what he does without feeling obligated to talk about the social implications of it all yeah that's one of the interesting dynamics with kendrick is just how much i mean he talks so much about the social dynamics and it's insanely like relevant and important and how he does it is great. But I feel like the, the how gets lost a lot in terms of the what and the why. And yeah. And yeah, yeah. no, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that also with someone like Kendrick, he's also someone who at the same time is given too much credit because there are some aspects, and I mean this like with all the respect to Kendrick's artistry, because like I said, if you've been listening to the man's writing, if you've been listening to his music, you know exactly what he's the best at, and you don't even have to explain yourself. But the thing is, is that a lot of people also forget the importance of the soundscapes that are created and how that draws us in. Like Kendrick rapping acapella is cool, but not earth-shattering like it's considered when he actually marries it with music 
you know, like you can have someone just rapping all day long. You know, there's plenty like underground rappers that just like freestyle on the corner, like it's 1992, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, and they're dope. But they're not selling albums for a very clear reason because it's not married to any music that really moves people. And so that's why those albums, those Kendrick albums are so good and people always overlook like Mixed by Ali. That he's the reason why those albums are so like sound so amazing because he's a master engineer, you know. And that not only he is such a good engineer that he's kind of like I almost want to say that he's like the new Dr. Dre, you know. And so it's just amazing what he does. But a lot of times he gets overlooked in the conversation, you know. It's like, oh, how can you? You can't overlook the engineer. You can't overlook the producer. Right, like yeah. I'll, I feel like I'll hear so many people talk about the social message on Black or the Berry, but how many people are really going over the soundscape and the music aspects and how that adds to the whole thing? Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, the, that's such a good song, too. Yeah. And I felt the same way. A lot of uh, Two Pimp a Butterfly, everything I got, it was exhausting to me, the, the level of stuff that was created to explain it all, but I'm glad that uh, people actually appreciate uh, the social message. I just think it'd be cool to move on and just talk about the music. Um, and for any of those people who are listening, now you can see I do actually talk as monotone in real life as I narrate. So, <laughs> is that a is that a complaint that, that you I'm get? Not, I'm not acting. Uh, I think sometimes people probably think I'm trying to be too serious. You know, or that I'm trying to like that. I, that I'm like trying to sound like Lee Schreiber or something, and so then I'm at this. You know, they think I'm just like intentionally trying to sound monotone, and I'm not. That's just like for me. I woke up really early this morning, so I am not. I am not at full, full, uh, and like my full energy levels right now. So then I talk real monotone. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, it's absurd sometimes. Like, there's been times where I've been, like, at family get-togethers, and, like, I'll be with my in-laws, and I'll say something, and they think I'm being, like, trying to be difficult or funny in, like, a terrible way, and my wife has to be like, no, 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 it, he talks like that. <laughs> he's not meaning to offend anybody he's just like he's really dry like that when he talks so i don't know why it is but it is what it is so like you're seeing a newborn baby and you're like your baby's beautiful and they're like is he being sarcastic like what is that oh no i'm not lying like there there's been the most amazing things that have happened right in my face and i'll just <laughs> respond to it deadpan but it, but at the same time, like, in, it never, ever represents how I feel internally. Internally, I'm pretty excited. I think what it is is I get so in my head about how I feel about it that, like, my vocal response is, like, an afterthought. You know, so I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is so amazing. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just did, I, I just did that with my neighbor earlier today. He, like, makes birdhouses, and it was, like, really cool. And I'm over here just repeating... That's cool. That's cool. Like, what the heck, man? Just, <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> if you hate it, just don't say anything. Storms off. <laughs> Seriously. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. It reminds me of... Uh... Which is the truth about YouTube in general. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's kind of the thing that, like, I feel like is most empowering about being a Kanye fan is that you realize, like, you know, you just do your best work and people will like it or they'll hate it, but probably more people will like it and, like, stay with you than not. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that's, like I said, that is the fun part because, like you said, that's the fun part because um, I even remember just in general, <clears throat> like I'd be at work a little while ago, be definitely way before I did the channel, and you, like, explain, like, you just say that you're a Kanye fan. You'd be like, what? You're what? And <laughs> then they want to, like, argue about why Kanye sucks, and they've only heard, like, just, the, like, the five singles they've heard in their life. And, and you know, and they'll immediately be like, his music sucks, and this and that. And I'm just like, man, 
all I said was I liked listening to the dude. Like I didn't want, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> you know? I'm not trying to be the, I'm not trying to be the ambassador for Kanye. So honestly, almost like making the videos is almost like just like all right, I'm just putting it on the record. Okay, it's dope. Now move on. <laughs> if you agree, great. If you don't, I just don't fucking care. Exactly, and and. And that's helped, though, too. That's helped actually establish and create a brand because I actually believe that that is one of the core cores of a successful brand. You know, it's kind of like that refusal to care about what other people think. So then when you're covering stories, you know, on a subject that a lot of people are very divided on, uh, you already are kind of embracing the, uh, the possibility of any sort of adversity, you know, and just rolling with it. So... I feel a freedom that I can talk about whatever I want to talk about and not be afraid of people, yeah, hating it or anything like that because it's already kind of, you're already kind of playing with, uh, you know, the possibility of being disliked when you make that much content about, you know, an artist that really divides people and their taste and the way that they think about celebrity and all that stuff. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Um, that had me thinking about something, and then I just uh, blanked on it regarding uh, Kanye and Kanye production. I guess just a random side question then. Of the Kanye videos you've done, do you have a, a favorite one that you've done? Oh, definitely uh, the making of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, I feel that was my most well-executed one for... I think because I was trying to prove that I could actually make videos of that quality all by myself. Um, because a lot of people don't know that. They think that, like, oh, I wasn't really good at what I did, and I've gotten better. And so now the Dark Twisted Fantasy thing is like, wow, you finally got good. And it's like, no, I've always been good. I've just, I just dumbed down the stuff at the beginning on purpose because, A, you can put more content up faster. And then, B, I figured... If you become a fan of me for, you know, um, be, like more beginner-looking visuals, then you're really going to love me when it gets better. <laughs> so, uh, so I think the that one was like me kind of showing like this is this is the level of quality that I can create uh, and that I hope to continue to create. So I think that's a big reason. Anyway, I did so well, and B, yeah, I just like it. I just. Everything about the execution of it, I liked the, uh, the thumbnail. I loved making just like the, the transitions, like everything. Just kind of kind of put my everything into it. So that was that was fun. Yeah, the response was like gigantic. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. I think it was like a hundred thousand in a day or something. Yeah, that's a nice place to get to. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it wasn't that much. Maybe it was like thirty thousand, but that no, 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 it had to have been like close to a hundred thousand. Because it is possible to get thirty thousand on the regular, just because it's like okay, well, if you do the math, I have over one hundred forty thousand subscribers. So within the first day, I'm like, there's going to be a decent amount that I watch it. But you know what's crazy? I don't even know how loyal my subscribers are, and I and if anyone is out there and wants to let me know, that'd be great because. I look at my views and like there's like such a large percentage of it that comes from people who aren't subscribed to me. Right, and you're just like, what the? Everybody, come on, get in here. Yeah, so sometimes I just wonder, like, maybe they just like, I don't know, maybe they just like stopped watching YouTube. They just like couldn't take it anymore. Now they don't even know what I make. <laughs> Just like, you know what, YouTube, it's too much for me. So long. Yeah, I, I know there are people that I follow that I don't actually subscribe to. That I'll watch all their content, but I don't want the notifications. I don't want it showing up in like the sidebar of my, like, are watching the uh, YouTube page. So you subscribe, and then you just like, so it's like a decoy. So you go and... <laughs> <laughs> you like support but like you gotta watch it another way i both like there's people that i subscribe to and i never <laughs> watch their stuff just as like uh like okay i'll i'll throw you the support like 
and then there's people that I'll watch everything that they do, but I didn't subscribe because it's like, am I going to subscribe to like a, the ch- am I get a display that I subscribe to somebody that's like playing MLB, the show and NFL Madden videos. And I just like watching them shit talk people <laughs> like, right, right. Like, maybe not, but I watch all their shit. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that is, a, but it does go to show, like, how insanely popular Kanye content is. Like, you're putting out these videos that are getting massive views, and so many of them aren't even from your own audience. Yeah, it's really weird, actually. When you really think about it, it's like, why do we like Kanye so much? <laughs> like, at a certain point, it's like, it's like man, like, what? Uh I mean, I've kind of, I feel like it's honestly, like I feel like on YouTube, I think it's reached its peak. Um, I think it's hit the ceiling of like, how much can you talk about Kanye? Honestly, it's kind of mean, but I just wanted to make every single one of those um, videos on the album. So basically so that it couldn't be anymore. Because <laughs> now what are you going to do? Like, unless it's like, from the actual, like, unless, like, Def Jam puts out a making of album, like, no one's really going to watch. Like, I make, like, 20 to, like, 36-minute videos. Like, there's not going to be that many people who want to do that now that it's been done. Right. You shut down the conversation, which is a great feeling to be able to do. Like, yeah, it's already done. It's like digital real estate. Very much so. Sorry, Uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't make it cut you off. But that's what it is. That's a that's a good analogy. Like you see it, like there's all this territory here, and I need to <laughs> I need to stake the claim. That's how we felt with the podcast. Like we wanted to do the podcast on every Kanye album, so then nobody else could do the podcast on Kanye albums. Or if they did, it would all be compared to the work that we did. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta crush the competition before it even shows up. There's like a, a quote that I love from Kobe Bryant, and I'm I'm not, I'm just gonna paraphrase because I know I'll botch it. But the whole concept is just like I'm just gonna make I'm gonna be so good that I'm gonna make you feel so bad about yourself and hope that maybe you reconsider doing something else. And I don't believe in like yeah, you should make people feel bad, but I do believe in that competitive spirit. Like get out of the way, please, unless you have something better. Right, and it's nothing like personal against you as a person, and in fact, like, no, because a lot of times I don't even know who it is. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like faceless. Sometimes I just have to imagine whoever's out there, you know, some hypothetical person out there who's trying to take my place. You know, it's just like, no, you, <laughs> you got to do something different. <laughs> I don't know who you are. You, gotta, you have to do something different. I remember a quote. I'm not going to remember who said it, if it was from a movie or if it was from an interview with somebody, but it was something like the person that's going to beat you when you're eating breakfast already ate breakfast. Like when you're like looking at your phone, they're working and just imagining that person doing that and knowing that they are out there is one of the most infuriating thoughts to me. Yeah, it's interesting because I definitely have been that person for a lot of my life, and I feel like it's, I feel like it's overrated sometimes. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's so many people like, yeah, that's what you got to do, but there's also like a lot of life you miss out on, like a lot of it. Yeah, if you're that person all the time, are you getting married? <laughs> like probably not. Yeah, I mean, my wife's amazing. I mean, I'm married, and it's it's. I mean, I'm not gonna lie; it is hard to to make the amount of content that I make. And I also sometimes do work still. Like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a professional editor, so, you know, like I'm working on a, on a documentary right now that has nothing to do with uh, the most of really, it's not even something I own. So it's not necessarily anything to talk about, but you know, I do what I do. And so it's like, I'm married and it's like hard to like maintain like your, you know, healthy personal life because it's like, I'm going somewhere to work and then I come back and then I'm making something new and then I'm trying to meet like deadlines for sponsors because I'm monetizing the site, uh, the channel more. And at a certain point, it's like, oh my gosh, hold on, is this even possible? Like, is, you know what I mean? Like, can my mind and body handle this? Because this is ridiculous. But it's like, you know, this is the times we live in. Um, 
also we have a really, really, really uh, crappy economy, so that has a lot to do with it too. <laughs> yeah, that that's a factor. <laughs> it's a big factor. Uh, it it's funny trying to find that balance with everything because it it always feels like you can do more or that you should be mo- do more, but then the reality is like how much can you do? How much should you be doing? And is it sometimes better to take one step a day than try to do ten and get burned out or yeah. put your place put yourself in a, a position where you can't go any further for a little while? Yeah, and I, that's why I hope that also, like, the, that especially younger, more impressionable people don't really take the idea from, like, these videos that I make. Um, basically, hold on, I'm going to try to rephrase what I'm saying. So basically, you know, we have stories about, you know, Kanye working so hard and, you know, just five beats a day for three summers has become almost like a like a meme at this point, the way that it's quoting. Uh, but that's cool and all, but that's not for everybody. And not everybody should be pushing themselves that hard. You know, everybody has a different tolerance and stuff. And I think sometimes people see someone like Kanye or any other artist that, you know, there's like old interviews, you know, where Kanye, where you'll see people saying like, oh yeah, Kanye would only sleep like three hours a day or whatever. But then now you see in his life that, you know, he says that a doctor told him that, you know, he's going to get like early onset, like Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever it is um, from such sleep deprivation. You know, there's consequences for it. There's consequences for that kind of a life, you know, trying to build something, um, trying to be creative, trying to do all of these things because uh, it's hard. It's hard in America or any other country to really make a living off of the things that you just create in your head and something that's not just part of a bigger system. You know, it's easier to just make money by getting some, like, random, you know, job, but to kind of create things on your own you know, it's really tough. And so you have to work like twice as hard, 10 times as hard. And so kids are like looking at that and they're like, yeah, like no sleep, like do this till, you know, whatever. And like some kids are like killing themselves by accident. You know, they're just trying hard to work. I mean, they're just trying to work hard and they're just trying to be like their heroes, but not everybody can be like their hero. You got to be like yourself. And so I just hope that that's not like the message that people get from hearing about and they should be inspired i think they should be inspired by their favorite artists and admire their work ethic they don't always have to emulate something no because i mean as as bleak as it's going to be to bring this up but you look at not just the dementia early onset dementia that kanye talked about as a potential for the sleep deprivation dude fell asleep while driving and got in a car crash that almost killed him and while that's become part of his that's become part of his like story and his journey and it's a thing that like kicked off his career but it's also the thing that almost ended his career like we almost didn't get Kanye West because of the sleep deprivation and yeah and and he also I mean we're we're lying if we don't say that the one of the bigger reasons why he had his mental breakdown was from sleep deprivation. I mean, it's just clear the man wasn't sleeping and just had so many other issues going on. Like, sleep is... I, when I was 19, so like 10 years ago, when I was 19, I had a nervous breakdown. And the biggest trigger was no sleep and a ton of caffeine. <laughs> like, legit, like, the worst concoction, worst uh, cocktail for your brain. You know, just to, to be taking, you know, it's, it's not crack or cocaine, but caffeine will mess you up if you haven't slept for 48 hours. <laughs> you know, it's just, you're not, it's not going to do well for you. And it didn't do well for me. And I just, like, learned from that point on. It's like, you just got to be careful. Like, you can work real hard. but like, that's fine. I work really hard, but you, still, you have to be careful. And you have to, like, know where your limit is because, yeah, you don't you don't need to be like you know Kanye's situation is cool and it's it's cool now in the sense of it's chilled out because a big reason is you know being able to afford that kind of health care you know being rich enough that being in mental rehabilitation that long you know didn't ruin his life obviously the average person could not deal with that you know can you deal with a year of having to get your mind back with 
all of your bills and stuff, you know. If not, get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just get, get some sleep. Eight hours. Just hit the eight hours. Do whatever else, but just... Yeah, if you have to work late, like if that's the way your mind works, sometimes I work really, really late. Just make sure you get eight hours. It's still not healthy to go past, you know, two in the morning going to sleep, but still... Like, get eight hours if you can. If that means you can sleep in or not, like, you got to do something. Weekend, something, because it will wear you down. Even, you know, there's been many times without having any kind of a breakdown, you know, where it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like I said, (laughs) we weren't made for that. (laughs) Uh, Two kind of weird side stories from that, like, just talking about motivation and, like, work ethic. Uh, for yeah. people that are fans of baseball, there was a uh, this guy Justin Morneau who won the MVP award in like 2006 or something, and he had always been really talented up to that point, but nobody was pointing to him and being like, "This guy's gonna end- win an MVP." And one of his teammates, Joe Maurer, was looking at him one day. And was like, "What do you do?" And he's like, "I see you like pl- have videos playing video games at like three in the morning. Like you're playing Call of Duty. Like what are you eating?" Because, honestly, you're kind of overweight. Like, a real, like, check on Morneau's behavior. And that next year, Maurer actually moved Morneau into his house and started, like, coaching him, essentially. Like, you're going to go to bed at this time. You're going to eat these things. Yeah, and that was the year that Morneau won MVP. Like, put up absurd numbers. And he just said, like, I was sleeping more. (laughs) And uh, a couple of the Houston Astros right now, there's a pitcher, Justin Verlander, who swears by 10 hours of sleep. And Verlander should have retired, like, age-wise, like, five years ago. But dude still throws 100 miles an hour at, like, 36 years old or something. And is one of the most dominant pitchers in the league, and he credits it to 10 hours of sleep. And he's gotten some of his teammates doing the same thing, and they all swear by it now. But it just seems like... I mean, I, I believe it. I believe it. It's like other documentary I've been working on requires me to... I live in a coastal city um, in southern Orange County. I have to drive all the way up north, past uh, past Long Beach, much closer to L.A. proper. That's a long drive for anybody who understands <laughs> California. Um, and I have obviously been, you know going to sleep before midnight and if i can sometimes i'm just laying there like oh boy <laughs> i'm just in the bed like oh boy i gotta i gotta wake up man <laughs> but, but i've been waking up super early and um it's not cool in the sense that it I doesn't necessarily make me feel better about the mornings i still wake up and I'm like oh gosh feel like feel like a like a war veteran or like a morally ambiguous like cop in the morning. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like, um, but I, you know, I get into the swing of things and I feel okay. Um, so getting some sleep, yeah, it makes it makes a bit of a difference. I think my overall mood is just like a little less, um, like on the edge because like when you're not getting enough sleep, it's like everything better go right today because I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Everything better work exactly the way I need it to be or I'm going to crack. And when you get a little more sleep, you you have a bigger threshold. You can handle some of the the bullshit of life a little better. That resiliency, right? Like sleep gives you the mental capacity to be resilient where lack of sleep, you're just like, George is getting angry. Like, it's not good. Yeah, exactly. And and just being creative, like, like my dad does like graphic design and website design. He's been doing that like his whole life, and he was like telling me, you know, as I'm working on stuff, like, it's like to pay. He, his favorite thing to say is to pace yourself, and I really think that's like the secret to like working smarter rather than harder is stamina and figuring out how to be able to either increase your stamina 
in like a positive sense by not by adding more and trying to hurt yourself to be able to get used to it, but actually subtracting more. You know, so like subtracting the extra work that you end up doing, maybe because you're too tired or because you're overthinking it and you subtract subtract that stuff and you actually just like increase your stamina just naturally because it's like, okay, wait, I don't have to worry about this, this and that. I actually have more of a threshold to handle the bullshit. And I think we do the complete opposite. We don't think pace yourself. We think like, all right, like drink everything, smoke everything, snort everything that it takes, you know, to like, to like be successful. And it's like, that is like the complete opposite thing of what you should be doing. Right. It's kind of like the, the rabbit in the hair or the rabbit in the hair, the tortoise in the hair story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. In a weird way, it is true. Like, maybe not naturally in the natural world. Like, obviously, we know who's going to win in real life every time. But metaphorically, it, it does usually ring true. Right. And that's the thing, even with Kanye, too. Like, he wasn't a breakout at 19, 20, 21, 22. Like, it exactly. was. He was 27 when the college dropout came out, which isn't old by any means. But it's not this, like, he seized it at 21 and, like, never looked back. Nah, he he took some time. Yeah, I think that's probably also why he's, his longevity, you know, it's, it's been so long and it's relevance, I think. Because he's so used to having to work so much to prove himself that, I think he's always been perpetually stuck in that. You know what I mean? Like, he worked so hard, it's become second nature now, and he has the biggest chip on his shoulder for, you know, for good reason. And he, that chip on his shoulder has been, like, his, his saving grace in so many ways. Like, it's just opened the world up for him, and, like, sometimes you need that, you know, to be great. Like, it's like there's certain adversities that come in your life that actually make you better. And you might actually hate it, and you might feel like the world is actually working against you, but in a weird way, it's, like, propelling you forward. And I feel like that's kind of his case, you know. He just, like, kept working hard no matter how much people said no. And it's, like, it's like the universe just, like, just pushed him through it. Yeah. If that makes any sense, or if that just sounds, like, weirdly metaphysical. No, that that makes sense to me. I mean, I'm somebody who's, like, dad died when I was 20, and it completely... It was the worst thing that I had ever experienced, but it was also the thing that made me a much better person than I had ever been, and like reoriented yeah. my worldview. I, I can't imagine what that's like. I appreciate that. It, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked very much. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things where, like, in the aftermath of it, all the things that I thought were like important when I was in college just were so dumb. Like, and all these things, like you talk about stamina, right? And it was, I had filled up my life with like a lot of bullshit that I thought was important. And compared to my dad getting sick and dying in like a month, you're just like, oh yeah, none of that matters. And it all suddenly falls out of your life, even out of your perspective. Like you don't even have time to consider it anymore. And your quality of life improves, even though the worst thing that's ever happened to you has just happened. That's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's really, when you put it that way, it's really interesting. idea. Yeah. But uh, there's a, one of those things that gets you thinking. Yeah. I think it was like the book outliers or something, some book that was about like success looked at a bunch of these people that we considered like ultra talented or ultra successful. And it turned out that like many of mm-hmm. them had some kind of tragedy happen early that you think would be the thing that mm-hmm. kind of ruined them. But that kind of adversity was still the thing that gave them a perspective that helped them drive through other things that would have maybe kept other people down. I agree. I, I think, and and when we when we go through things like that, you know, if, like I said, for the Kanye fans, you know, the, he's had several moments in his life that you could you could see that and how they've all differently contributed to his success in a very, sometimes very morbid way. You know, like you know, God rest 
uh, the soul of, of his mother, you know, um, but, but her death really being such a pivotal, pivotal point in his life and how from that point in his life, he just like shot into the stratosphere of like this, like almost like legendary creative. And, it's, and you know, deep down inside that a lot of that would not, that most of that would not have happened without, you know, the tragedy that occurred in that way. He, w- he would have been successful nonetheless. But obviously, the version of Kanye that we have now, because of the tragedy, is because of the tragedies that happened in his life. And it's really weird how life does that. Yep. Very, very much is. And, like, yeah, because you look at graduation. Like, graduation was still, like, insanely creative and was starting to break away in ways from college dropout and late registration, right? Um you could see yeah. him experimenting with some soundscape a bit more how what he was doing with narrative on graduation was really interesting like he was still growing as an artist and i'm sure he would have gone on to do things that were like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or like Jesus. but i don't know if we get my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or we get Jesus. Mm. yeah i see yeah that's just it's one of those things, right? Like the butterfly effect. You're just like wondering, okay, if this happened, then what if this happened? And, and you have no idea. Like, we could just be totally getting, like, ah, oh, now I'm like really curious. Like, Kanye is such a unique artist. Like, there's no um, way that you can uh, satisfyingly talk about alternate universe Kanye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no way where you can, like, predict what that would have been like. You know, like, you cannot predict what his life would have been like if his mom was alive or whatever. All we know is that his life did change. Right. Like, I'm trying to think of a band. Like, I could assume Disturbed, you could just imagine what the next Disturbed album would have sounded like. But if the tragedy happened and they completely changed the sound and went in a different direction, you're like, yeah, that really shifted. But with Kanye... Mm. Like, he was already changing. He was already that kind of, like, wide-scope artist. Huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and the interesting thing is he's been a lot more commercially successful. You think of someone like Brian Wilson with, like, Pet Sound, right? And, like, how it being, like, such a much more beautiful departure, you know, uh, than the music that he would have been expected to create but because of, like, what he was going through mentally and stuff, just how that really propelled him to create something so uh, beautiful, really. You know, something that, and because it you know, wasn't expected uh, or anticipated or asked for, it didn't, you know, it didn't do that well. But it's weird how with Kanye, how you can do something like that and people are like there, you know, and they will spend the money and they will go to the tours. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really refreshing, uh, but it's also very 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 unique it doesn't happen to very many artists which is why like your video on kubrick and i think why people often compare kanye to kubrick like kubrick didn't make films that should have been as popular as they were at the time that they came out like he feels like he makes movies that people should have discovered like 30 years after his death but yet kubrick was still Mm -hmm. insanely like well known while alive and i feel like kanye it was that same thing that mixture of like the most insane art that you're able to find where you're like this is an artist operating at the highest level but able to still maintain sensibilities that make it commercial in a way like the black andy warhol like he like walks around doing you know he's with the kardashians he's in fashion shows like no one really understands the life of Kanye West. All I know is that he does really crazy stuff. And, and I mean crazy in a positive sense. He does a lot of crazy stuff and uh, creates a lot of crazy things and people love him for it. Uh, and then he would happen to drop albums. And we're there for the albums. And yeah, you know, just kind of like makes me think of a pop artist where it's like sometimes they're just as in love with the person simply for existing. And then it's like, oh, by the way, they actually make art and make films and stuff. Oh, yeah, we kind of forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oops. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, oh, Oh, wow, okay. (laughs) 
Uh, if there's if there's one thing you want to say about Kanye that you haven't gotten to say yet, is there anything that comes to mind? I mean, you said a lot about Kanye. You've talked about Kanye a lot, but is there kind of um, one last point that you'd like to make? Um, yeah, I think the importance of separating the art from the artist. Um, I think whether it has to do with his opinions on Trump or whatever happens during you know him beefing with Drake or just all this weird stuff um, that has nothing to do with the music. I don't think people need should mix that stuff up. I also think people should be, you know, they're like, oh, well, if you listen to music, then you're supporting him. And if you hate that he does this, then you're a hypocrite by listening to his music. It's like, life isn't that deep, in my opinion. I don't think it is. I think that if something like that distresses you that much that your life must be very um, small and, and not in a good way. <laughs> and you need to broaden your, your thinking because the art that he creates is truly beautiful regardless of who the man is. And I think that we need to be mature about how the way we observe the world in that sense. There are a lot of people who do things that we don't approve of that have created art that sits there and stands alone, uh, unless it's R. Kelly's music, because the actual music is really creepy. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, outside, but outside of that, if the art, you know, is not, you know, possibly insinuating, you know, uh, sexual assault, then I think that you should be, be able to be mature and be like, okay, this album is really good. I'm, I don't know about the artist's life. I can't really vouch for it. But that album is really good. It's really simple. And people should be able to make that distinction. And so sometimes people will see, like, I think I posted something about Drake, and someone's like, how can you be a Kanye fan when the thing happened with Drake? Like, I don't care what happened with Drake. <laughs> like, they could, they could, like, punch each other in the face for all I care. You know what I mean? That's not going to stop me from liking Drake's music. Like, and so that's, to me, that's just dumb. Like, and I know a lot of people are like, sometimes they're really young kids. So that's the way they probably feel about everything in life. Everything is always something to be defended and yours is something to be made fun of. I know how it is when you're younger, but when you get older, I really feel like those thoughts need to change. So what if the man says something about Trump or whatever, did, did the album, did 808s and Heartbreak say anything about Trump? You know what I mean? Does the life of Pablo have like a MAGA hat on the front? No, but you can listen. <laughs> damn thing <laughs> it's just I, I, don't, I don't understand it. it it's like how could you limit your life that much how could you create such a prison in your mind that you have legitimately self-centered your ability to choose to listen to something like you are doing this to yourself and that's something I just cannot get behind that doesn't make any sense to me well said so that's well, probably well what said. I would say about that yeah. <laughs> Well, so I think uh, I think we're at the last call. So you have uh, an uninterrupted period of time to talk about anything you want, whether it's Kanye, your channel, movies, oh. anything, and uh, that'll be how we end off. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No, I think uh, I'm all I'm very appreciative of all the people um, who tune into my channel um, and are subscribing and are on Twitter and all that stuff because a lot of times. You know, it's cliche as it sounds. Sometimes when I'm having a hard time creating a project, and seeing the support and everything is really helpful. I appreciate you, Chris, and and the you know just being you know there to even just simply retweet. You know, all that stuff is uh, is very uh, helpful for me, and I appreciate it a lot because I you know no one owes me that, so I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but I think aside from you know, how I feel personally about, um, you know, my channel and how it's uh, received, you know, I'm also just really excited to move on from different, from Kanye content, because even for me mentally, it was getting to a point where it's like, okay, there's only so much that I can unpack without consistently repeating myself over and over again. I think once you get to that point, you need to move on. <laughs> and so that was something I was really trying to stay away from. So now that I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm making, uh, I'm gonna make videos about Kendrick Lamar, and I may not fan out as much as I did with the with the Kanye ones, but now I like being able to focus on the craft and being able. I'm I'm more excited for how 
you know, I'm going to perform in creating the project rather than the project itself, if that makes any sense. So, um, so those are exciting things. I'm looking at developing merch to go with my brand, so that's going to be cool. Uh, anybody who's looking forward to that uh, probably have like a very uh, limited release of some new stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm just building, just constantly building, always trying to make uh, you know the channel something um, even bigger than it was before. Whether that be making content or whatever you know, behind the scenes. Uh, uh, developments that I'm creating. Uh, it's always in service of the music. It's always in service of uh, just creativity in general. I always try to make sure that the videos themselves are um, to the quality of, you know, being considered uh, a documentary. You know, short, but still a documentary. And, you know, the, the I went to film school. You know, the dream is, you know, to be able to kind of just take all my talents and all my creativity and, you know, be able to make actual films. And they might be films about music, they might be films about, you know, whatever it is I want to make it to be. But I'm pretty sure it'll be something that my audience will grow with me and they'll be able to see the things that I'm able to do outside of just talking about, you know, certain rap artists. And that's exciting. That's the exciting part of having a brand that, you know, allows me to just pick according to my, according to my taste. It's always going to be music stuff, I think. Um, the things that I discussed, but being able to uh, kind of uh, approach it from the perspective that I do, um, from the perspective of like a filmmaker's mindset, um, I think it's really what kind of makes me happy about running the channel. Um, and other than that, you know, I ramble so much, clearly, I need to have an outlet for that, <laughs> for me to be able to do that. <laughs> so, half the time I'm rambling, I don't even know if it makes sense. So the cool thing about the video is that I'm able to edit it to the point where I know it makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, if anybody's gotten lost in any of the conversation, anything that I've said, like I said, this is how I actually am. My wife sometimes doesn't understand how things that I say because I'm, I'm thinking too fast. So, <laughs> so the most unruly at the most unruly on Instagram and Twitter, and yeah, pretty much if you just search the most unruly Kanye, it's easy. So, I appreciate all the support. Last call for alcohol for the